You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. What's up, Coaches Nation? It's Dr. Sherry for another episode of the Coach's Journey Podcast. And I'm here with Faisal Ansan, who is you're used to hearing from. We're also here with another one of the leadership of the Coaching Mastery community, who is the sponsor for this podcast. It's Daniel Fernandez. We are here at a conference in Dallas. We are here as coaches. So this is a super fun part of our journey as coaches. And that's exactly the topic we're going to talk about today is there is a somewhat predictable And of course, as I say that, there's always outliers, but there's a somewhat predictable path that many coaches take on their journey to mastery and to impacting the world, impacting the people that they feel called to impact. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about what that journey looks like. And the goal is for you to start to identify where on this path you fit. And then, depending on where you are in the path, what are the aspects of your professional personal growth that might serve you best to focus on so that you can continue down your path quicker with more impact with more joy and excitement and all the good stuff and more money and more money don't forget that is absolutely critical because without money how are you going to sustain the message which is what Brennan Burchard says or yeah. is it the message or the the, the message the message the without money how are you going to sustain the message and somebody literally just told us to go make money Yes. <laughs> that was a really cool synchronicity for today. Yeah. So, so let's start unpacking the beginning of the coach's journey and what are the aspects that a coach that would best serve a coach to pay attention to when they're kind of at the beginning stages. So part of this conversation came from the, that we're rolling out an evaluation for our coaches who are coming into our community. So if you're going to have a conversation with me or one of us, one of the leadership team members to to potentially join our community as a pro member or just explore that, one of the things that we're going to take you through is an evaluation process. And that evaluation process tells us where you are in your journey. And so we kind of look at a few categories of where you're at. One of the first areas that we encourage you to look at, where are you at in your business? Which means look at your history a little bit, recent history in the past six months to one year, what have you done? How much revenue have you made? Are you at 50K, 30K, 20K for the past year? Are you at 100K? Wherever you are, that that is information that you can leverage because if you're making that much, some things are working in there. That's not all the picture, but part of the picture. How many clients have you worked with in the past few months or since the beginning of your journey, if you're in the starting part of your journey? Uh, what's your pricing structure? Do you offer packages? Do you offer individual coaching sessions? Do you offer membership services or a combination of those? So really looking at some of those categories generally in your business and looking at what kind of clients are you working with? Are you working with corporations? Are you working with individuals? Are you working with entrepreneurs? Who are these people you're working at? It gives you some data as to where you are in your journey. And if you haven't made more than 30K, you're in... The beginning of your journey. If you've only worked with two to three, four, five people, you're still in the beginning stages. 
It gives you a, a sense of where you are. It, that, that's just one category. Danny, and if, you if you think about, if you think about what's the importance of that, it's that you're going on a journey, right? We're here on the coach's journey because coaching as a business, as a profession, even as a hobby, perhaps, uh, is a journey. Like to become a good coach, to be able to create impact in people's lives, there's a long-term journey for that. And most people, when they start thinking about coaching, they aren't necessarily aware of that. So it's really important when you're taking a journey to kind of know where you are, to really self-assess and figure out like, well, if this is something I want for the long-term in my life, and I would encourage you to think about that question, are you long-term trying to become a coach? Is that where your commitment is? Uh, because if it's a short-term thing, you know, you should think about why are you on this podcast? Why are you, why are you listening to this? You came here for a reason, right? You have a desire to learn about coaching, to be a coach. And so really think about what's your long-term vision. And when you know that you want to be a coach long-term, that's a career path for you. Taking stock of where you are at the beginning, I wish, wish I had done that as a coach. Taking stock of where you are at the beginning relative to where you're trying to get to uh, from you know, the perspective of a map that already exists that tells you where you're at in the journey is pretty important because it helps you know what direction to head in, right? If you, if you, have, if you don't have a map, and you're trying to get somewhere, you may eventually get there. If you have a map, you're going to get there a lot faster. Absolutely. Yeah. The way that I look at this, when we said the word assessment, it freaked you out because a lot of people have <laughs> emotional responses to anything that sounds like judgment. Or it sounds like school, like it sounds like it's worth like, oh my gosh, like a quiz, an assessment, a test. Like that scene hook, he gave me enough. You know. <laughs> that is not what this is. Imagine either if you can think back to when you were a kid, or if you're a parent and you have kids, you know what I'm talking about, where you go to the doctor and you've got these milestone appointments that you have with a physician to assess the developmental stages of your kid. You know, are they typical in height, in weight, in head circumference? Are they, you know, are they developing and they're walking and they're talking? This is what we're doing. This is not a judgment saying, oh, you only make X, X amount of money last year. This isn't a judgment. This is just to help you get clarity on where you are developmentally so that you can make some intentional decisions about where you want to go from here. So it is just to kind of, to help you see what is so that you can more intentionally move to what you, what will be. Can I, can I just add really quick? Absolutely. If you did have a reaction to taking an assessment, that's really important for you to notice. As a coach, the concept of feedback, even self-feedback, should not be scary. It should be something that you want and actively seek and welcome. And if that's something that you want to work on, that's going to be helpful. That, that, if you're sensing that you might need to work on this, that's going to be important to your journey as a coach. Because when you're working with your clients, you're constantly giving them forms of feedback. And so they need to be okay with it. You need to be okay with it. You got to be able to role model that safety with feedback. So self-evaluating is a form of feedback. Yeah. And having other people help you with that is also a form of feedback. So just, that's part of the journey too. Absolutely. Yeah, for, for sure. That is okay if you're uncomfortable with that because actually this journey is actually, if you're starting this out, you're in the beginning stages, it's actually quite uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable yeah. because it was, it was very comfortable. A lot of people would do it. Most coaches are not successful because they don't face these uncomfortable truths. So now the, I like the part that you said, Daniel and Sherry, that, okay, where you are now, but where are you getting to? And for many coaches, that's too vague where they're trying to get to. It, it, just like the current assessment, uh, we need you to get a little bit more specific. We're having a vision for your life. And if the coaching business is the thing that's going to sustain you, 
how is this doing that? That means you need to make a certain amount of money. So money is going to be a big part of that picture. So what do you need to make based on this business? Do you need to make 100K? Do you need to make 200K, 300K? And what's the timeline there? How many clients will you be working with uh, on a consistent basis? And are they going to be individual group? Are you going to have different forms of programs, courses, books, whatever you have? Like you need to be a little bit more specific as to what that is. And then and bring that long-term back to, okay, what does that mean for the end of the year? What do you need to hit by the end of the year for you to be on track for that vision? So that means how many clients would you need to have? And a lot of times when I ask coaches that they're not clear on how many clients, how much would I charge? What's my pricing structure? What kind of packages do I offer? You need to be clear on that because if you're not clear on that, you don't know what you're offering. So think about some of those questions. What's your vision? And then based on that vision, what's your goal for the end of the year for your business? How many clients? Are they individual? Are they group? How much are you charging each of them? How are you offering? What is your package like? Is it first session? Is it a structured package? Or is it a membership model? What is it like? Do some of that work because it'll help you become clear on that journey. You want to add anything? And not only like, what does your coaching world look like? What does your life needs look like? Yeah. What do you want your life? And how would that, like that's not an isolation from the rest of your life. Now, all of it comes together. And by the way, what you think it is now is going to change and that's okay too. But thinking about where to head on the map, there's a variety of different destinations that are all valid and wonderful, but how do you tailor where your destination should be right now? We are actually going to unpack some of these stages a little bit more in some future podcasts over the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. So this is kind of roughly the beginning, you know, Faisal talked about, you know, if you only had maybe a handful of clients. So we're calling that kind of the beginning stages. So gentlemen, when somebody has now, a, a, one of our coaches who's listening has, I'm like, I've had 10 clients, you know, or, you know, maybe I've been doing this a year and I'm getting like one to two a month. I, I'm starting to get some predictability. Maybe it's not as awesome and as, as fully impactful as they want, but what is that next stage? Well, before we go to the stage, there are a couple other assessment areas I'll touch on, and then we can amplify that later. So once you figure out, like, let's say, okay, well, where you are, let's say you have five or 10 clients, and where you want to be is like, okay, 15 clients or 20 clients at the group level. And I want you to do a like a more micro, more in-depth assessment of where you are in these categories in your business today, today, yeah, today. So just draw out something, you can draw out like a circle with three sides, circle with three, like a chart with three compartments, assess your, assess the marketing. There's three categories there. There's marketing, there's sales, there's delivery. So what I mean by your marketing is going to be, how are you putting yourself out there? Are you doing this in person? Are you doing it virtually? Or is this a combination of the two? Part of the reason why we're here is we're actually promoting ourselves as coaches. We're speaking on stage, we're delivering sessions, we have a booth here. So we're promoting a coaching master community and the coaching services that we offer to them. So that's the marketing part. So how are you marketing yourself there? And then there are other components in there, but generally where do you, on a scale of one to 10, where are you at and what do you, what's your activity there? And and your comfort, <laughs> your confidence level. Yeah, comfort and confidence levels. Basically that's gonna help you understand, okay, where are you at in your marketing? And you want to judge like how confident are you on a scale of one to 10 in that area? Can you promote yourself to a level where you can get consistent 
people reaching out to you or you connecting with consistent people so you can convert them on the next part of that pie chart, which is the sales, that you can actually have conversations with them, whether you're doing it at a group level or one-on-one level, you're having you're bringing in leads into your business. You have a flowing process to bring leads into yeah. the sales part of the pie. Yeah. And if you're rating yourself a one on the scale, that means you're absolutely terrified of doing that to the point where you're holding yourself back. Where are you at in your business? If you're at five, you're somewhat confident, then you know that you need to do some work in there as well. And you've been doing some stuff in that. Yeah, and you've been doing some stuff. And then the, the data is like, okay, what have you been doing that's working? Can you amplify that? Can you scale that? Can you do more of that? And if you can, great. Usually you can do more of what you have been doing that's working. But if you need to come up with new solutions, you can work on that as well. So I, marketing and sales are usually the things that coaches don't think about and are scared of and yeah. don't necessarily believe in like the marketing, sales, and delivery. Think about delivery. That's where you do the coaching. That's the thing that we all love doing as coaches. And I would, I would say like, if you're in a place where you know that you want to coach or you feel like you could be a good coach or you are a good coach, but you aren't thinking about marketing and sales as a business person, then it's going to limit your ability to be in the delivery pie, part yeah. of the pie. So I just wanted to point that out. And it's okay if you're scared of those things. It's also okay if you're doing some of them. Wherever you are on the scale of one to 10, it's okay where you are because everybody starts from a certain point in the map. And so part of, to get you to the delivery and as coaches, there's a journey there. There's a journey there of learning, right? You get good at something after working through it. We're all learning too. Like yeah. even when you're quote, achieving success by your metrics, there's still more journey and more learning to do. So that the yeah, learner's mindset sure. is really important. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I love this journey because you're consistently learning, yeah. whether it's about the marketing phase of it, sales part of it, delivery part of it. I, I don't think the learning, if you're going to be a master coach, if you're going to be on that journey, I think that first of all, that's not a destination. That's like you're on that path and you're you're developing yourself consistently. That's one of the main reasons why I love this path because you connect with amazing people like we are here. You learn from each other. You see each other's skill sets. You see each other. And I'm going to do a session. We're all going to do another session together and we're going to give each other feedback. Like that feedback process helps us grow. No matter how masterful we might think we are, there are things we're going to do well, there are things that we're going to suck at. And that is normal. And we're all at different phases of that journey. And that's okay. Sherry, did you want to add anything to the marketing sales team? I just want to reiterate kind of what Daniel said about, again, you know, you're going to suck at some of these things and you're going to feel like you just, like maybe I even made a wrong decision jumping into coaching. Oh my God, that happened so many times to me. Yeah, I still suffer with that sometimes. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, because like something I'm trying isn't getting the traction that I want. It doesn't mean that I'm not a good coach. It doesn't mean that I made a mistake. Or that you can't succeed at the thing you're trying. Right, or that success is elusive and will never come to me. What it does mean is I might need to develop some skills of perseverance and be in community with people that have maybe moved past where I'm stuck and to be able to get that feedback. So don't judge yourself. And actually, if you're not experiencing those, those challenges, those fears, you might not be trying hard enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. you need to have those challenges in your life so that you're growing because as a coach, yeah. when you model growth, it helps your clients grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can grow through this, through the pain of that you're experiencing right now, imagine how powerful of a story that will be for the next person. And a skills gap is not the same as an alignment gap. Yeah. 
So then the next part is delivery into Daniel's point. If you're not putting yourself out there as a, in relation to marketing, you don't have a sales process. We recently did a masterclass on your sales process. If you don't have that, if you're not getting leads coming in, then it doesn't actually matter how much you practice coaching in the background with other coaches. You actually don't know how good you are in delivery or how good your craft will be received out in the marketplace. So even when I'm talking about delivery, I'm not talking about your whole process. You need to get really good. First of all, yes, you need to get at better at your whole process, but you can't even do that unless you have clients coming in, minus outside of some practice on the side and feedback. Uh, but the delivery part of it is actually the first exposure you're going to give clients to you. The first exposure as a coach, whether that's in a group setting or one-on-one -on -one setting, how are you doing that strategy set in that discovery call? Will clients buy into your program? Have they gotten enough value? Do you understand how to make your offer? That delivery process, that initial delivery process determines how many clients you're going to have. If that's not working, it actually doesn't matter how many frameworks you know, how many certifications you have. Because I've talked to coaches who have 10 different certifications. They don't have a lot of clients. But Doc, can you differentiate when you say delivery and you're talking about specifically the you know, discovery strategy session yeah. versus marketing and sales? So that first session is often sales too, right? So it is a if sales you're talking about the three parts, I just clarify what you mean. Yeah. So that first call is a sales call. So technically it's also part of the sales process, but it's also, there's a lot, of, a lot of coaches will say, for example, that, oh, you know what? I'm not really good at the sales part of the coaching. <laughs> they don't know what they're saying when they say that. Uh, what they mean is that I don't know, in their mind, they think that they're not good at the offer part, but the more calls I've listened to, the more calls I've done, that's not true. What they might not be good at is delivering in a way that the client feels the necessity and the urgency to move forward to get the support that they need, which means that there's a lot of skill sets of coaching within that first conversation that they haven't mastered or gone to a level that would help the client make the decision. If that delivery does not work, I don't care how good you are on multiple frameworks, you don't have clients. The thing that made me so much better as a coach was figuring out how to make the sale because it required me to be a better coach across the board. To take somebody over that line, they have to feel safe. They have to feel understood. They have to feel like you get their pain and their problem. You have to feel like you can get them to feel stuff. They have to feel like they can trust you over the journey that they're embarking on. So like all those things come from being, from, from coaching skills. Yeah. It's sales and when you think about it, as you get better at coaching or as you get better at sales, it becomes the same thing because what you're doing with sales, I want to just also clarify this for any coaches who think, oh, I don't want to do sales because sales is bad. Uh, sales actually is coaching people to make a decision that will change their life. Because think about it. Do you believe that your coaching is going to be transformative for people? If you don't, you got to work on that. You got to figure out how it can be transformative. And if you really believe it's transformative, then not being able to sell it to people means that that value is not being created in the world. You're not helping somebody transform. So ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're not selling because you think you're hurting somebody by taking their money, uh, then think about the value of your program and how important that is and try to reconcile those things because ultimately sales and coaching, when you do them both very well, they can be the same thing. Yeah. And they're for the benefit of your clients, not just for you. Because you do get a benefit, you get paid, you get experience, you get to enjoy that journey along with them. But if it's not a win-win, uh, then you, you've got you to work through that.
And how can you internally figure out how to make this a massive win for you and for your client when you have that level of confidence and your sales and coaching become the same thing? Terry, do you want to add? <laughs> what I was thinking as I was listening to you guys is that, and this has kind of been my epiphany, is that the sales process is like extracting the 20% of efforts of my ability to coach might be a whole bunch of stuff, but I need to extract the 20% of what I can do as a coach that is going to give me 80% of the results. It's like, how do I take mm. all of my coaching skills and put the most effective strategies and focus in that first session so that it was like a no brainer. So it's not just, can I just be generally a good coach and, you know, do, but it's like, it's gotta be intentionally powerful. So that's kind of a framework that I've kind of been thinking a little bit about. As so you're I like been, applying the Pareto principle to the sales end. Yeah. In yeah. terms of coaching skills. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah. some, and I've heard this coach just say that as well. When I get on a, a discovery call, I'm trying to look for a quick win for my clients. That does not work. The reason okay. that- Okay, first of all, that's literally what I told him about one of mine. And I was so, referring to you. I've heard that multiple okay, times. Okay, but I totally told him that. Sherry was talking about a client. Two, two days ago, and that's what he told me. He's like, a quick win is not it. So we all do this, or at least I did this. I, so. I've done it too. But I can just point out what just happened is we as coaches are talking to each other about our coaching as colleagues, as professionals. So I want you to start thinking about yourself as a professional here. And what would a professional be doing? Maybe getting professional development. Maybe talking with other coaches about the things that are coming up for them in their sessions, right? Not breaking confidentiality, of course, but like <clears throat> Jerry said, like, hey, I was trying to get a quick win for this client and find out, say, well, it's not just about a quick win, he said, what else did you say? So uh, what Sherry said right now is that 20% that you can use as a leverage. So what I look for in a discovery call is actually, I do quite a bit of discovery in a session, that's the feedback I give Sherry. I do quite a bit of discovery, which means I'm trying to go into different parts of the life to, to figure out where is it, what is the big hairy problem for them that they've been trying to solve and they don't know how to solve it. They don't know who else to go to, that they might have a breakthrough or an insight for, not even solve it, have a breakthrough or an insight based on that and maybe plus a quick win in another area. Can I clarify what you're saying? I think because this is, you know, this is pretty important for discovery sessions. It's like, you can't solve everything in one session because if they could solve everything that fast, it would be solved. And sometimes when you get a quick win, they think they solved everything, but they haven't because there's so many other things going on because they have a complex life and it's all interrelated. So if I doubt, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think you're getting at, if you can help them see the map for themselves and find the really big obstacle that is really big that they got to, find some way to, to overcome and you can actually create a breakthrough about that obstacle, maybe not solve the whole thing because it's probably not possible. And then also somewhere else on the map, create them a real fat, quick win somewhere else. And then they can see you can do those quick wins, those lasers, and you can also like really address the big, the big hairy problem that you, that you referred to, which is like that big obstacle in their life. Oh, well, if we can make progress today, then we can make progress in the future. Yeah. And if we keep on doing this together, that big problem that's really hurting me, that's the real pain that I have, is really going to be solved by the coaching program, which probably is not possible to solve in the same session. So, uh, right? Can, that, can I give an example? Yeah, yeah, a, please. A quick example of that. So I had that's the, what you're saying, though, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I had this person who came in and did the session with me, 
And as I'm going through the discovery following, one of the first questions that I ask you, I get them to lay out like what are some of the challenges in their life? And they talk about that or what are the areas they need to grow in. I spend a little bit of time there and then I go into their perception of what's going on in their life. What are they happy with? What are they truly unhappy with in their life? And when I went to that with this client, she immediately like paused and I could tell the emotions on this client's face. And she's like, you know, I haven't seen my son for 18 years. And she went into that. And as I'm hearing this, I'm like, oh, shit, this is a very difficult area. I could go into a lot of the areas. I want to explore this. And I went through that. And I knew I could not solve this. But if I could get her to take a step in the right direction or make a decision, that would be amazing. And we did. And by the way, this was not even a, she didn't become a client. And this was about four months ago, three and a half, four months ago. She made a decision. She said, by the end of it, she's like, there are things I hate that we went through this conversation because she was in pain and I could feel it. I sense it. But, and there are things I disagree with you. There are things that I see that I could not see for 18 years. But what she became open to, she's like, I'm going to reach out to my son. And three months later, she found the courage. To, I kept checking in with her. She found the courage to reach out to him and she saw him. He did not want to have anything to do with her it's very complicated process but when she came back we had a follow-up call i'm like what happened she was emotional about it she's like i just needed to see him i didn't need anything else from i just needed to see him that put my heart at rest now i can deal with all these other things like that was a big hairy problem this is even before she paid you this is before she's paid me yeah. three months later she signed up for my coach Three and a half months or so later, she signed up for my coach. Now we're working through that and a lot of other challenges. You never know how long it's going to take, right? You don't know. And that's the other thing. It's like, you, I'm not attached to you when they sign up, but I want to take them through that journey. There's something I learned from Steve Chandler is that when you do your first session versus the continuation of that, they shouldn't be able to tell the difference that you're doing it's all the same stuff. It's all, you're just continuing the same conversation. Do you need help with that? And that was just an example of that, but that... I went, that was not an easy thing for me to go to her. I was, didn't even fully feel confident that we could get somewhere because it's been 18 years. And she, you even mentioned I've gotten a lot of help in this area. But I'm like, if we can help her make one decision, that would change her life forever. That has brought her closer to her other family members. That has put her heart at ease. She got closer to her faith because she started. I want to know what, what it's done for you as a coach. How do you feel with that? Like, like what has that done for you as a coach? Good thing I have my glasses. I can see behind them, I can tell. So I feel like this is why I do this. Because what it did, she got re-engaged in her life. She was waiting for years for her son to complete her life. She didn't need to do that. She was disconnected from her faith, from her other children, from her, because she was kind of waiting for this one part to fix, which was not in her control to begin with. So when she did that, when she saw him, she saw that, you know what? I was giving all the power to him. He has his challenges. I have my challenges. But what if I left part of this to God? And part of, what if I refocus on, be grateful for the people that are in my life? So she actually became closer with her other children, with her husband, other people. And, and you can tell her energy is completely different. To me, that means the world. I brought a family together. And now she's doing other stuff in her community. Her energy is freed up. And that, for her, is priceless. But for you, priceless. It's priceless also. Like, that's what we're here for, right? So like this, for that impact. This is the essence 
of why the coach's journey can be so impactful and why so many of us stick with it, even through the hard, difficult times in the beginning, in the middle, even when we're successful, problems still come, challenges still come. It's just at a different level. Now, there is a whole lot more to unpack around the coach's journey that you're experiencing, depending on where you are in your journey. But we're going to save those for another episode. So if you are identifying with a lot of the things we talked about, are identifying with, you know, kind of being towards beginning stages, maybe you haven't even jumped in yet, maybe you don't have a certification yet, maybe you have one and you haven't gotten a, a paid client yet, or maybe you've only gotten a couple of paid clients, but you're like super discounting because you're, you're not super confident, like, can I really charge a certain amount? If you're in that stage, there are resources for you and we have some ideas around what the next steps potentially could be, but we don't prescribe a one pill, one size fits all because that's not necessarily the case. And so we do invite you. Do you have any pills? <laughs> I should clarify. So I was like, I don't remember that part. I'm, you call yourself doctor. So. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Ooh, let's clarify this. <laughs> I'm a psychologist and I cannot tell you how many times uh, people are so confused about what I do or what I've done versus what a psychiatrist did. So you know, yeah. I cannot prescribe medication. I yeah, even if you could, you wouldn't do coaches on, <laughs> and on not, the podcast. No, <laughs> on podcast. Okay, your prescription is right, right. Your behavioral <laughs> prescription. Can we do that? Um, <laughs> is to go on to coachingmasterycommunity.com <laughs> and book a call with one of us leaders. And we, you know, we love having these conversations with you as a coach. Doesn't matter where you are on the developmental journey as a coach, but let's talk about where you're stuck and what might be some possible ways to get unstuck and continue to gain momentum on your ability and your journey to impact the world in the way that you feel called to do. And if you are also listening to this outside of our community, outside of the Facebook live that we do, because we air this live every week, and you, if you're listening to this on the podcast or YouTube or somewhere else, you're likely listening to this a few weeks after this episode has been created. So if you want to have quicker access to our content, free content, we do some of our live sessions in our group, make sure you join our Facebook group. And the link should be below somewhere within wherever the platform is that you're at. Join us, take advantage of our free content. There, there's a lot of valuable content that we give you without charging you at all. That's probably better than most other programs that charge you for that content. Yeah. Something, something I love about being part of this community, aside from just these amazing people, is the kinds of coaches that if you are like, really like excited about being a coach because of the impact story that you heard from Faisal and how he's feeling about his impact. If you get that feeling when you make a difference for other people, that's the kind of people we want to bring to our community. Those are the people that we need to help make money. Those are the people we need to help grow their businesses because those are people who actually care. Yeah. Right. And so you'd be joining a group of like-minded people who do really truly care. And we've been doing this for so long. We've been doing this for five years because we care. So we really hope to see you as part of this community. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. 